Hello, and welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. I'm Duran. And I'm Nick. And today we are going to be discussing Rainer Werner Fassbender's kind of miniseries, kind of film, World on a Wire from uh, 1973. Hell yeah. Matrix 1, and baby. It's basically the Matrix, <laughs> but better. Yeah, bro. And, but so we will start with the news. And what's our first news snippet, Nick? <laughs> uh, tenants never going to make its money back. We did it. Um, Tenant allegedly needs $800 million in order to break even. And I just can't see that happening in any capacity. Has a Chris Nolan film ever made a billion dollars? Uh, yes. Yeah, his his Batman films definitely did. Hmm. So I I mean it's possible, but like it just it just sounds like a really stupid idea to need that much money to break even <laughs> on especially a new property. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, this is this is gonna be bad for everybody involved. It's gonna be great. Yeah, like even Inception had a budget of hundred sixty million, and I mean I don't know exactly how much that needs to break even. Yeah, what is but, what does um, this have? Uh, do you know? I can look it up. I think it, I think it's like probably haven't said two hundred like trillion dollars. Ah yes. No no no. Two hundred fifty million, right? Uh, yeah yeah. So the budget is between two hundred and two hundred and twenty five million dollars. Oh my god. I mean I get I, I get like with inflation it might be similar to the Inception <laughs> budget, but maybe not that oh my close. But like god? that much money for a new property does not make any sense like whatsoever i i guess i don't know i guess r slash movies is correct when they say that and, like tenant or christopher nolan is like the only director that uh studios will just be like fuck it whatever just just make it yeah same with like tarantino yeah like i was really true. i was really surprised that um yeah but his don't cost nearly that much Mm, well, once upon a time in Hollywood did cost a hundred million, which I was really? actually really surprised about. Yeah, but yeah. it's not two hundred million. It costs a lot of money. It is not two hundred million. <laughs> it is not two hundred million. Um, it just—I don't know. It just seems like obscene to spend this much on original property. I mean, I—I'm—I'm lo- I'm happy that it's that they're doing it because I want more original properties. Yeah. Even though I don't really care about Christopher Nolan that much. Yeah. Um, but it just i don't know from like a like a marketing standpoint doesn't make any sense i get you and even even though like nolan is like a pretty significant box office draw i i doubt that like he just like by by like his own name alone will be able to sell like that many tickets yeah yeah it's yeah like, and that's like not yeah, even talking it's... about like the bad gamble with coronavirus Plus, he, he chose, like, really unorthodox stars for this one. I mean, like, Robert Pattinson, I think most people know him at this point, but, like, John yeah. David Washington and Elizabeth Debicki being in this, like... Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. Like, at least Inception had, like, Leo to start, right? Yeah. Tom um, Hardy's probably gonna, like, sneak his way into this one, too, as he does with yeah. every fucking Nolan movie. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. But, um... He plays, yeah, you're he right. plays the time manipulation. Uh, <laughs> anyway. um so john david washington's only really been in one feature yeah uh black clansman and i think he was in a couple he was in was he in ballers maybe yeah he was in ballers i think that's where he got his like um what's it called it's uh started in and in, in, uh, acting didn't he have a small role in something <laughs> he was a uh, he was a kid in, in malcolm x bruh <laughs> bruh yeah but i mean it was an uncredited role, obviously. Interesting. Um, but yeah, he did a 
pretty good 2018. Apparently, he was also in Old Man and the Gun. Hmm. Um, Robert Redford's but, last movie until Avengers Endgame. Yep, until the Watchmen miniseries. Right. He, where he's president. He never appears, though. I know. It's it's, it's sad. It's sad he should have. <laughs> that uh, would um, But, I mean, I, I really liked him in Black Klansman, and I'm excited for him in this role. Yeah, no, it's I just, mean, I'm, I I'm happy for him. I'm, I hope that he, yeah. like, gets a lot of roles, but still, like... It just, it's, it just seems it's like a lot a to put on idea. someone who, like, is barely out there. Yeah, exactly. It just seems like a very strange idea to, like... Um, if you're gonna spend two hundred million dollars on a on like a uh, on a new property, just like not having any stars, yeah, as the role, definitely. I just I don't know. I definitely even like without coronavirus, I don't I don't I can see this like not making back that eight hundred million. And no, no, I could I could definitely see this making eight hundred million before Corona, but certainly not after. Um, I'm saying I could see a situation where it might oh, not, but yeah. it probably would have. Yeah, I get now you. though. Like, yeah, they're they're kind of fucked. Yeah yeah (laughs) anyway i'm i think i'm i am excited for tenant still though i I mean it looks like his most interesting film in a while yeah it's something yeah it's not marv marv i'm in space oh god we don't talk about that movie here on this on this Uh, podcast we hate interstellar so um don't stop Leave. watching if you yeah don't don't listen if you like interstellar leave uh all right the new mutants isn't canceled <laughs> yeah uh yeah maybe not um maybe not uh so it's uh they released a trailer today uh the 16th is when this is being recorded uh so they they announced a comic-con at home panel on the 23rd at 2 p.m so three or not three five o'clock uh eastern time uh but anyway point is uh i think that this is definitely going to lead to a announcement of video on demand because they have been juggling this film for like three years now and there's no point anymore well yeah for sure i mean they're not gonna be able to do a theatrical release anytime soon yeah i think Um, i think they had planned one for august april i think it was no, i thought it was like april well it was april and then they they announced a new date in august which you know probably isn't going to be met either yeah they should just um, not although, set a release date and just release it randomly like just so oh nothing oh, yeah, like nothing can with, stop um, it yeah like they did with uh what's it called that uh jj abrams movie no 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 um cloverfield the cloverfield paradox yeah on netflix yeah. though right yeah the movie was garbage um, I fortunately did not see it. Yeah. Although I think that this is like a really good movie to release on streaming because, yeah. well, one, it's a superhero movie. We haven't had one of those in a while because of uh, coronavirus. Yeah. And it, it's probably going to be like terrible. So I if they release have it the in slightest theaters, bit of faith in it. Okay, dude. They've been like filming this shit for three years. There's like no chance it's going to be good. They <laughs> wrapped sorry. three years ago. But the thing is, it was juggled around a lot at Fox, and that's why it didn't come out on its original release date. But the director has now he has he had the final cut of this this version. Disney just gave him the final cut because they were like, we don't care. This isn't going to mm. do anything. So I mean, I have I have a little bit of hope that it'll be like at least okay. watchable. I mean. I guess you and I might have different definitions I mean, of watchable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
um, the fact that this man it doesn't, doesn't even seem... like Jaws. No, that one fucking sucks, dude. And anyway, um, <laughs> the fact that uh, it doesn't seem like like a top tier superhero movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it didn't cost a lot, from what I hear, or at least I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I yeah. mean by that. Um, so it's kind of like lower, like slightly lower budget compared to like Avengers or whatever. Yeah. Um, releasing it on streaming, I think, is like a really good option for them, and especially now because of coronavirus. Yeah. So if they, if they make this like... either Disney Plus or HBO Max, it might go to HBO Max because it's um that's crazy. Yeah, well, prior obligations with Fox were like we're gonna release it on HBO when it gets uh when it gets put out in theaters finally. So it mm. they may have a hurdle to go over with that. So mm. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I'm I'm probably not gonna watch it. That's fine, bro. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so, also, <laughs> in movies that are never going to come out, Uncharted has finally started filming. <laughs> Seven directors. Seven directors later. Seven directors. Oh there was, like, God. actually some good ones in the talks, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gore Verbinski, uh, I think, was oh. on it at one point. I mean, he's okay. Mm. His Pirates of the no, Caribbean like, movies like are good. I like the Pirates movies. Yeah. yeah, they're good. Um, Rango is amazing. Yeah, I, f- I always forget piece. that that's him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else was in talks? That's not the point. Ruben Fleischer is now directing uh, Zombieland and Venom fame. Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I already had no hope for the movie, but now. Yeah. <laughs> um let's talk about the casting oh yeah of of tom holland as nate and mark Wahlberg as sully the worst oh my god it's literally like the worst casting i've ever heard in my life dude like i understand avi arad is not exactly the most intelligent person on the planet but whoever like thought you know what let's put mark Wahlberg in that role i think should probably be fired yeah and i mean like the reason (laughs) the reason why they're wrong with this like yeah i mean the reason why they're going with tom holland is because it's supposed to be like a younger version of nathan drake this is probably the main reason why they're going with him yeah yeah but also like the film is supposed to be like a a a prequel it's supposed to be set before the games and not adapting any of them which i mean i guess from a story standpoint is probably a better idea than adapting any of the games i don't I don't see why they just like throw the games away from canon and just like make an original movie in that series or even like remake one of the one of the games. Well, I guess I, don't see why I remember like forever ago, Seth Rogen wrote a treatment of the script and he was just having trouble because everything he wrote just ended up being an Indiana Jones film, but with Nathan Drake. Well, that's literally what Uncharted is as yeah. a video game, I guess which is why therein like... lies the problem. <laughs> Which is why, like, um, with this and, like, any, like, Naughty Dark property, so we'll talk about Last of Us later also, yeah. um, they are, they're already, like, very obvious film versions of these of these games. Yeah. So much so that, like, we really don't need a video game version. In my opinion, I mean, it'll probably just be a lesser Indiana Jones in the case of um, Uncharted. And then, like, for Last of Us, probably just, like, a kind of a mediocre zombie show or movie. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> man let's let's touch, let's touch a bit on uh last of us sure cause yeah because we're because we're just that. right here um yeah what um, do you think of this there's not really any news surrounding this but like we're just kind of giving our thoughts more than anything 
So I already think the Last of Us story is kind of shit. Yeah, it, I I was really unimpressed by the Last of Us when I played it. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the gameplay, but I mean, there's no gameplay in a TV show. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, this is, I like the, the so sorry sorry. So the problem I had with the Last of Us story is that it was so extremely derivative from TV shows and films and other zombie media. Definitely, and so. If you're gonna make a TV show about it, it's just gonna be more fucking zombie shit that absolutely like adds nothing to the table in an era where zombies are already over like super oversaturated to begin with. Yeah, like this would have been good in 2013 when the first game came out, but like even then, yeah, like when the first game came out, I think I, think, I thought that like yeah, Walking were, Dead like... started in 2011, so that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, this is I I think it like. I think at most this is going to be all right, and at worst this is going to be really terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, um, it might be watchable, but I mean, I'm not going to be the person to yeah, watch it. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and that same same goes for Uncharted. Probably. I'm never going to play interest. the second game because I just hated the story of the first one so much. Last of Us. Yeah. Oh, I want to play the second game just so I can shit on it because it sounds really bad. Yeah. I, I can't tell if it's really bad or not. I really, like, there's... Um, because the of the fucking so circle can... jerk, I just don't even know what yeah, the okay. actual opinion is anymore. Well, the, the actual opinion is your opinion. Yeah, I guess. Um, it, just, you know, it, just, it just seems, like, really edgy for, like, no reason. Yeah. But also, all those people that are saying that the game Women is bad can't have like, muscles. Yeah, that, that's, that's very cringe. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know, though. I, I don't even care. What's the next thing? Um, well, uh, Peacock launched yesterday uh, on the 15th, and I decided to check it's it Peacock. out. Peacock! What is Peacock? Tell them. Well, I'm explaining. Um, Peacock is NBC Universal's new streaming service, which they basically only made because they wanted Office exclusively to themselves. Um, but... I mean, they did end up putting, like, a lot of good content on there, movie-wise. Like, they had the Matrix trilogy, they have, I think, the entire Jurassic Park trilogy, and they have the Bourne trilogy. Those are all good. Uh, there are, like, uh, other things on there, um, like, do the right thing. But the most important thing about all this is that Peacock is free. Um, you can just sign up for Peacock, and you'll have ads, but, like... That's that's pretty much it. You, you, also, not full access to the uh, streaming library, but like you have access to like a good amount of stuff for being free. I think that's a really good business model since um, a lot of these streaming services are uh, completely behind paywalls. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of potential for these free ones. Like um, another good one is uh, Tubi, for example. Definitely, which is completely like run via ads. So I think it's a good idea that they chose to do this because I can't really think of anyone that would, well, okay, I can think of a few people, but I, I don't think that a lot of people want to subscribe to an entire service just for yeah. one show that's already done. Yeah, and um, I think, yeah, so it's $5 to uh, get the premium edition, which is like unlocks everything and then no ads for the most part, but like <laughs> there's also a weird clause where like because of rights rights issues like you they still play ads during some content which is really weird yeah that's kind of stupid i don't like how a lot of some a lot of streaming services like hulu for example you still pay for the service and yet you get ads yeah 
I do. I don't know. Just, just, just I'm put. Not a big fan of just that. Put an ad block on your on your browser. Yeah, but if you're watching on <laughs> Apple TV, yeah, or that's like true. On your phone, there's there's no way around it there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I am glad to see this. I mean, in my opinion, we should have stopped streaming services a while ago. Yeah, it's after just, the Criterion, it's just new cable. Came out after we, the the Criterion channel came out, we don't need any, any other services. All three of the I'm Criterion good. channel subscribers. Yes, all three of us. There, there, there are three of us. Dozens. No, not even dozens, just three. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Criterion's cool. Based, dude. Criterion is based. All right, so theaters in California are closing again. Which means that Gavin Newsom, probably, how dare you? How dare you have have uh, well. have have concern for public safety? Here yeah, in Florida, I mean, fact, nothing's slowing <laughs> us down. The fact that theaters were open to begin with was kind of sketchy, especially like if yeah. this was if we were living in Europe and uh, yeah. where they actually know how to deal with this. Theaters probably would be fine opening, but yeah. Definitely. There's no way I'm going. I'm stepping into. I love how the the year. EU was like they put us on their don't travel to list. Yeah, because you'll die if you come here if you're yeah. European. Probably. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I mean, it's just so irresponsible. Um, just the way that it's administration and even just the a lot of American citizens have been handling this pandemic is just so laughable, um, but also very depressing because. A lot of people are gonna die for no reason. Yeah. The oh god, you live in Maryland where they're like handling it. I mean, statewide, pretty well, right? Yeah. Um, governor Hogan, who's our governor, is doing like a decent job for sure. I mean, um, it's a lot better here than it is in a lot of other places. Yeah. But, um, we just said I fuck think, it, I and New I got York. to see dracula in a movie theater even though we're like spiking really hard <laughs> all right well i'm happy that i don't live anywhere near you yeah yeah <laughs> um uh yeah but we're expecting like a new wave soon i believe yeah uh, have you gotten a test ever bad. i got tested when i was sick once but fortunately i was my not. god uh, i still uh, i still feel it in my nose uh, when did you get tested? Uh, two days ago, three maybe. <laughs> you still feel it? What? <laughs> uh, it's just like it's it's a it's a phantom pain, if you will. It's nice. just like it's it it lingers. Like when you think about it, you can feel it again, and it sucks. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I. Eh, it's just like there. It really is like a tickle of the brain. <laughs> tickle, tickle. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, this last bit of news, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you uh, can go off and rant about this because I have nothing to add. So I am, when I saw this headline, I got extremely triggered and I'm still very triggered. Um, literally some guy is remaking Ingmar Bergman scenes from a marriage starring, um, Michelle Williams and Oscar Isaac. I just do not understand why they would do this because like scenes from marriage by itself isn't it's not um it doesn't it's not like extremely unique in like its concept basically what it is it's just a mini series about a man and a woman who are married and have a fight and then get into a divorce basically 
and it's about their relationship. I mean, like, like it's, it's the most classic kind of um, film idea, you know, just a relationship between a man and a woman. I just, I don't see any need to remake it because, well, I, I, I told Nick when I read this headline. Holy shit. They I already the remade director it last that year. wants to remake this and he looks like Coomer. Nice. Um, I told Nick uh, that this movie was already remade last year. Yeah. In a marriage story, like I mean, that's like that's it's, like a tasteful I mean, way to do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just, it just I, I don't I don't see the need to remake this specific Bergman film. I mean, like I guess it's not a, a, as egregious as remaking like the Seventh Seal, but even then, at least like the Seventh Seal has a concept to like remake. Also, you, know, you with, can like, do it with like a big budget that isn't three dollars. <laughs> I know, but it'll probably suck because yeah. the three dollar budget is what adds to the charm of the film. I just I, I don't understand the need for this. It, uh, it's not the remake it, of it, Joan it, it's, of Arc. And who the fuck is going to oh, watch yeah. a remake of a fucking Swedish yeah. film, man? I, like, I don't know. I mean, if they advertise it right, like, everybody will be like, this is a thing that didn't exist before. Yeah. Because, I mean, just, most people do not know scenes from a marriage. And I'm, if it's I'm an just, HBO show, I'm sure it'll get, like, shit ton of buzz. I'm just extremely triggered by this, yeah. and I'm not going to stop being triggered by this for a while. Yeah. So let's move on to the film before I shoot <laughs> <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> okay uh yeah so this week we watched uh rainer werner fassbender's 1973 film uh world on a wire the the two-parter uh tv miniseries right yeah it originally premiered on um german television although i mean it can really be thought of as a film i just like like a long movie basically yeah is there is there an edit that just like seamlessly seamlessly puts them together because it does not that i'm aware of because it really just like starts back up like immediately where they left off in part two yeah i feel like i feel like one of the main reasons why he did this in the uh tv format is because like three and a half hour films um yeah and theaters aren't very popular obviously yeah um and i don't know maybe he had some kind of like contracts to do like a sci-fi film or something yeah but i think i think it was a good move to um make it this long since there's like a lot of intrigue throughout the whole uh series which we'll talk about more later um and i, I think that like there really isn't anything i would cut out to like make it feature length really um so i appreciate that he he uh went through the whole thing yeah it goes it by like the pacing is really good like it f i felt mm -hmm. like it flies by really fast for like a oh yeah that hour movie i definitely agree with you there i mean I watched the first episode pretty late at night, and I finished at like two a.m. and I really wanted to start the second one uh, immediately, but it was too late. Yeah. Um, yeah, but certainly this is probably the uh, the fastest paced and most engaged I've been in a film like this long. Yeah. This was certainly not the case with the Irishman for me. Yeah, it's because you're a pleb. I know. I like Jaws and Back to the Future. Sue me. <laughs> All right, Nick. Do you wanna do you wanna start with World on Wire? Where do you want? Uh, sure. What do you wanna um, talk about? Let's talk about the mirrors as a motif because Jesus Christ. Mirrors. Yeah. Uh, there, I I texted you like midway through the first part, and I was like, World on a Wire. More like, <laughs> look at all these fucking mirrors. <laughs> and, and so I guess you you said that that was like a common thing in his films is he am i correct in that yeah um fassbender is 
just loves I don't mirrors. Know, I don't know if notorious is like the right word for this, but um, mirrors as a, he does a motif, a, like a, a reoccurring yeah, motif. He, he does like a lot of mirror shots in his films, but certainly this one was by far the most I've seen. I mean, I've only seen two of his other films. I've seen um, uh, Elif Eats the Soul, which I loved, and also um, The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, um, which do definitely feature a few really cool mirror shots, especially in Petra von Kant. But um, mm -hmm. this is the one, yeah, he definitely the most I've seen from him, which I guess kind of makes sense considering it's a sci-fi film and I guess mirrors are futuristic and everything is like clear and stuff, dude. Yeah. Whoa, man, um, like, what if your world wasn't your world, man? Like, what if it was a simulation, yeah. man? But, I mean, to get, like, I guess, a little bit more analytical, it, make, it makes a little bit more sense, since um, we're talking about spoilers for a 50-year-old German miniseries. It's not 50-year-olds yet. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, Three we're talking years, about... Baby. We're talking about a world inside of a world inside of a world, right? Yeah. So, like, basically, um, better I, Inception. I, I um, fucking love how the... So, the mirrors... Sorry, let me finish. Yeah, so, sure, the mirrors ahead. kind of, like, kind of, like, um, I guess they're, like, talking about, like, reflections yeah. in your own world or something. Yeah. So, like, copies in that way. Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? Uh, I, was, I was just saying, I love how the plot is basically, like... The main character's unraveling a different conspiracy theory than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're so caught up with the with the whole like United Steel thing. Yeah. <laughs> While he's yeah. just like, dude, we're in a simulation and like, We're in a simulation inside of a simulation. <laughs> it's, it's it's just like I just found that whole thing very funny. I, I kinda I I I likened it to a very long Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I guess that's one way of putting yeah. it. Um, it definitely gets... It gives off that vibe sense. It's that, like, um, Matrix Adjustment Bureau, your world is not your actual world kind of thing. Yeah, because, like, it's... There is, like... It, it is kind of, like, a high-concept sci-fi film yeah. in the sense that, like, um, the concept is what's important not so much, like, the world building and everything else around it. Yeah. Although, um, it is, I must it say, I, I absolutely I absolutely loved the... Um, the mise-en-scene and the set design. Oh, yeah. Um, I just like the general aesthetic. I guess it's supposed to take place, like, in 73, but, like, they make it look really futuristic. No, I think I think it's supposed to take place in the 2000s, because he mentions... Oh, like... There's, there's one scene where they mention the 1980s and the 1990s. Well, yeah, I thought that was... Uh, I think in that scene they're, they're referring to, like, projections for those times, right? Oh, I thought they were, I thought they were referring to those in the past. Oh. I don't know, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Huh when it takes place huh anyway yeah no i i i think on the wikipedia plot summary because i was like i i i stopped eight minutes of the way in so i was like i'll, I'll read the first like paragraph or something and then it said present nice. day and i'm like all right I'll, i guess i'll just stop there because i remember everything but <laughs> i right. mean it does it did say present day but um yeah fair enough i i love all the sets they're all like weird and and like space age and it's just like crazy and wild yeah it reminded me a little bit of the um the exteriors and like the sets of clockwork orange and the way that yeah like, kind of i could see kubrick that kubrick was able yeah and the way that kubrick was able to um because clockwork orange was like a pretty yeah low budget taking taking like yeah taking like modern buildings and like making them or not modern buildings but like 
buildings that already looked futuristic and using those as sets. Right. And, um, yeah, World on a Wire, I felt like did that a few times also. Yeah. Um, uh, as opposed to, like, the simulation world, which kind of looked, like, dated in comparison. Yeah. Like, with, like, the interior of the hotel and that part where he's, like, driving the car. It also just looked very, like, barren. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the driving part. Yeah, yeah. I I like the the weird sex club <laughs> with uh, yeah that was that was that was yeah. super weird with all those like um, shirtless guys yeah yeah yeah, also, yeah that was super weird I, so I'm not crazy right like m- multiple like or actors played multiple characters right I well I didn't notice no besides um what's his name the guy who like disappears appearing yeah. in the uh simulation later but i don't think they play multiple I characters thought, not that i noticed i don't know a lot i th- i thought a lot of the like background characters that you don't even look at for very long were played by people we had already met before which was i don't know that's certainly possible because i mean I, again like i doubt that they yeah, that, the that feels like this. something that they would do mm-hmm. yeah fastbender tended to work pretty fast and with like lower lo- pretty low budgets um like apparently and this could be wrong but i remember reading that from the beginning of shooting until it was released in theaters um the entirety of ellie fear it's the soul took uh four weeks jesus and i consider that movie to be like a masterpiece it's just amazing yeah no yeah fassbender he died at 37 but he made like 40 movies oh my god yeah it's nuts it's nuts um i just like it's such a shame too because he's so talented yeah i mean i can just from this i'm kind of excited to see you know what else what else he he made definitely check out ellie i really like that one um i i have like weird random notes in in my notes Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i i one note is just license plate says fast oh yeah Yeah. i remember that that that's is that um stiller's car uh yeah his his yeah. white Corvette. That's a sick car. Yeah, it is. Um, some scenes hey, don't what, seem fully restored. Yes, I, uh, I kind of got the vibe. The scene where that they was like where they catch it? him. Yeah, where they catch him at um, uh, Ava's house. Do you mean in terms of like the picture quality? Yeah, it just it seemed to drop really hard. That might have been a streaming thing because I definitely Maybe. didn't notice like um significant dip here or there but i think that like overall i mean this definitely did not look as good as some of the other restorations uh criterion has put out because um i think mainly it's due to the fact that this is a um a tv series mm. it, it's also shot yeah. on um 16 millimeter mm. so it, you can only do so much when you're restoring like 16 mm um plus i i was reading about the restoration by criterion and they did something kind of weird because the original series was running at 24, 25 frames per second, mm. but um, Criterion or whatever, whoever did the um, restoration for Criterion. Oh, is that why the lip, lip sync is so off in some scenes? Yeah, they slowed it down to 24 frames, which oh, is really weird. stupid. I think that they did that for Decalogue also, which is also very stupid. Um, so that might have contributed to some of the weirdness. Yeah, but certainly, I think I think the the most the the main reason why the restoration wasn't I guess top notch was I mean it's sixteen millimeter. Hmm. Yeah, 
another random note, Fred's double hand knock. Huh? He he every time he knocks he uses both hands, which I just found very strange. Maybe that's I a cultural thing. Did not like, notice that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I just have random notes of like weird things that I noticed. The people from the psych ward looked like zombies for some reason. From the psych ward, I don't remember. Oh, where they where they try and come up and uh, find him, but it's only the uh, the girl. Oh, right. They yeah, they, they look they're, really they're weird. I think that was probably intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh. There's there's a part when I think he is talking to Han. And it says, he's like, you're too controlling. And he says that while he's looking at a fish tank. And I just, that's a nice detail. <laughs> oh, it's great. Like, um, I felt a little bit mixed on some of the formal elements in the film. Like, some of the editing was pretty bad at times. Yeah. I, it's... Uh, some, some of the some of the, the scene transitions were, like, really yeah. awkward and jarring. But also, like, a lot of the cinematography, for example, was, like, really, really fucking good. Yeah, but like it's it's a victim of the uh, '60s whip zoom. Oh, dude, I love I love this. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite. That's one of my I favorite hate techniques. It so I love much. that. I love every single one of those. I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's they, awesome. they do that. I love that. <laughs> it's so jarring when they do it in um, uh, Shining. Not Shining. Uh, it it works kind of well in Shining for some reason, but like, uh. It's the Jesus movie. Uh, what's it called? Damn it. Huh? Uh, Which one? We had to watch it for class. Uh, the Pasolini one? Yes. Yes. yes, there's like a scene, like two scenes where they do that, and it's just like very strange and awkward. I don't really remember that. I think it's when he's when he's gathering up uh, his uh, his followers, the disciples. Hmm. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm a very big fan of the Snap Zoom. It's, I... it's ironically good. <laughs> yeah um also like uh it helps me like understand i'm supposed to pay attention to this part yeah. as well yeah <laughs> like oh shit what's going on why is there a snap zoom? yeah um yeah let's talk about let's talk about the plot a little bit yeah because it's um so, it's really ahead of its time <laughs> certainly i mean it's it's probably the first film and from what i've heard about the book one of the first books that took up talk about um like virtual or like simulated computer simulator yeah mm -hmm. it's um, um which is which is which is really weird because like i didn't even know that like the concept of that yeah. really existed back then i was like mm. i was blown away i was like when i looked up and it said 1973 i was like jesus this, this is like really cutting edge same goes for mm -hmm. westworld i think that was the same year and they're just like robots guys mm. Mm, interesting the original Westworld. um the oh, well, I haven't seen it, so I can't say the good one. <laughs> um, I really liked episode one. Yeah. Like honestly, I thought I thought it was like episode one just by itself is might even be like top ten sci fi I've ever seen because um it was super compelling. Like I was I was just glued to the screen from 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 beginning to end, including episode two for sure. But I wasn't the biggest fan of the uh, we actually live inside of a simulation, dude. Like that kind of like yeah, twist reveal I, I at the end of episode I one. I unfortunately like I definitely saw that coming. <laughs> I saw that coming, but I thought it was like too stupid to like actually yeah. happen. You know? And then like but to be and, uh, to be fair, like we've been saying, this was like the first like movie one of the first to instances. ever do that. Right. So it's kind of like a Seinfeld effect thing yeah. where um yeah, yeah. 
but at the same time it kind of made me take like the entire film afterwards like less seriously yeah um and especially when it got really like wackier since since like i, I had like um because the entire like, weird... the entire part two is just like him wearing a tinfoil hat while everybody's like you're a murderer oh, that's super entertaining yeah yeah that's super entertaining in its own right but also it kind of took the mystery out of like the weird glitches in the matrix that were happening before yeah you know so like i mean like his friend like, disappearing barely and, any like, of the... those happened in the second one yeah because i mean you already knew why they were happening yeah um like like for example like his friend disappearing and the um the weird shit with uh ava was is, is that her name yeah ava. uh ava volmer yeah um her her like just randomly disappearing and then um i remember like there's that one on like the sketch pad with like the picture of the uh the, the um, achilles and the tortoise yeah disappearing and um oh um gunther laus yeah like, just everyone forgetting I, who he was. I love that yeah that was great I I love how the first one is kind of like it's it's a mystery like kind of almost detective story and then the second yeah. one's just like a like a very long chase to find this man. Um actually well being more specific it's like a it's literally like a 70s conspiracy th- thriller basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um right. like Clued or like uh Parallax View or uh, the other one by the same guy uh isn't uh, French all, all the French Connection? All the isn't, isn't that another one, or am I mistaken? Oh, uh, it's that's more. I think that's more of a like a traditional kind of like mystery yeah. thriller. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely like those kinds of movies. It, it definitely I, felt. Yeah, like, I um, love movies in those vein as well. Yeah, like the seventies conspiracy theory um, thrillers, like Post Watergate, were pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it does go a little bit off the rails in episode two but even then there's like just some amazing scenes like um the uh the the, the psychiatrist guy killing himself (laughs) that was that i like did not expect that i'm like bro i i I was (laughs) expecting him to drive away i certainly wasn't expecting him to uh (laughs) just kill himself yeah um i i like the whole newspaper subplot where like that that whole relationship like evolves in a very strange way but it's it's Mm -hmm. very entertaining yeah, I really like that too. And and like you're saying, um, the interesting thing is that he is exploring this like conspiracy theory about like the entire world being like in a simulation, yeah. whereas these guys are talking about like like a lower uh, T conspiracy. Every you know? yeah, every time he mentions the uh, the uh, what are they called the Union Steel? No, the the Einstein guys. United Steel. No. Oh. Uh, like the Einstein communicator, whatever. Yeah, what, yeah whatever. Yeah, his name's Einstein. Einstein. Yeah. Uh, he, he just keeps going around saying, "You're the guy. You're our Oh world. yeah. Oh, you mean the, the contact? Yeah, the contact. Yeah. He just keeps good. going around saying, "You're the contact," and everybody's like, "What the fuck mm-hmm. are you talking about? We're here about United <laughs> Steel." Uh, it was so funny when um he talked to I think it was Holm who's like the the pedophile looking guy with the mustache, <laughs> yeah, and, like, the bald head, the bald guy. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "You're the you're the contact," and he's like. You know what? You caught me. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Siskins. He knows I work for uh, United Steel. And he's like, like, "God oh. damn it! This isn't what I was <laughs> talking <damn> about." <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's just so good. And I and I like how um, even in episode two, you're kind of uh, until I guess the newspaper guy comes back with the proof that um, Stiller was right. 
you're not exactly sure if like stiller is actually insane or yeah not. it definitely like gets a bit psychological in part two yeah it's like you know what maybe he is crazy and i think this is that's like the strength of this uh film like overall yeah the fact that it it, it does focus on like um the psychological um aspects of, of this yeah. and kind of like maybe like the morality a little bit of these kind of simulations uh versus something like the matrix which is more like action based which is which is fine of course but i think for me personally i really liked uh this this focus yeah I haven't really matrix seen... rips that band-aid off whereas this like kind of yeah mulls <laughs> over it yeah like the whole point of the movie is like an understanding like the gravity of of all of it yeah i, I really coffee I really is purple that. coffee is purple that is true um i was really interested in the depiction of women in this hmm. because i had a theory for like the longest time that all the secretaries in um in the uh ikz or whatever it's called yeah. like the the uh the company yeah, it's were I, like robots ikz is what they <laughs> yeah i i thought they were all like you thought robots. they were robots <laughs> yeah because like there's like some like really weird scenes or like for example um the blonde one i forget her name gloria yeah i think, I think so was. yeah gloria um she's like uh siskins uh brought me toward to you like i'm like i'm like i'm like uh his his uh gift to you or oh whatever my god um and, and like there's model like some number really... 127 yeah it, it, it kind, kind of gave vibe. me like those kinds of vibes but i mean obviously there's like nothing in the um yeah in the in the thing to confirm this um which kind of made me think about like does this just have like bad female characters mm. which is weird because fassbender is known for his like really well-written female characters yeah i mean like, the women um, did not have a lot to do in this movie and i think that might be a symptom of the um of the the writing um yeah. like of the novel itself probably yeah, it was probably a... because um like petra von kant for example uh, is in a really really amazing film and an amazing an amazing uh character of course and it deals a lot with like um at least from what i'm aware i'm, I'm a man so i can't really say <laughs> this with the uh, female psychology but like the yeah the female characters in this film were like literally robotic to the point of i actually thought they were robots at a certain <laughs> point <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't notice that, but um, yeah, that's it's an interesting observation. I'll mm -hmm. definitely take it into account on whenever I watch this again. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, tonight. yeah, baby, <laughs> all of it. I'd watch part one again. Oh, it's so good. I I I really think that just part one is probably like top ten for me. If you had I, to rate part one alone, be... you gave it four stars. But if you had to rate part one alone honestly like it might be like a perfect score Holy maybe shit. a little bit lower i don't know like, i really liked i was super into part one yeah um even though like there was that like awkwardness with the editing still and a lot of the scene transitions were like kind of bad and there, there's like a lot of like the sound design and kind of was kind of crap i didn't notice the sound design really being that bad but i don't my tv doesn't have good sound anyway the <laughs> in particular the beginning scene where like the bar has a pool mm, and the, all, the, really, all the splashing yeah. sounds were just kind of shitty Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. I, and but I, I mean, some of that, it. some of them might have like just been the production design, you know, Definitely. or like not not having enough money. But there's a lot of stuff that like really felt amateurish that I wouldn't expect him to mess up, like the scene transitions, for example. Yeah. And some of like the editing in in between certain yeah. scenes. 
Um, it's probably like a TV budget thing. It could be that. I don't know. But but still, I really think that um, the framing and the cinematography, uh, the really interesting cinematography. There, like one of the, my my favorite shots is the one when he's talking to um, the psychologist. His name is Han, right? Yeah, Han. Yeah, he's talking to him in the um, in like the cafe. The ca- yeah, I was gonna mention that too. Mm-hmm. I love that shot where, where it's uh... yeah, and the camera's like like circling it's... around them. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one. I was I was thinking mm-hmm. about the um, the one where it's like foot level oh yeah yeah that one's really cool too um there, there's like there's like so many interesting um shots like throughout yeah where it, the uh, the i think it's in like the first like five minutes where it like pulls back into the room and it's like this grand hmm. sweeping shot even though the room's like tiny yeah like for a film that doesn't have a great budget that you're only so limited with like the sets that you can have if you have any sets to begin with he did a really amazing yeah. job of um, of uh, using the camera and as much as he can, as he could. John Carpenter levels of penny pinching with your budgets. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's that is really the case for all of uh, yeah. Fassbender's films. That's which, which is why like awesome. a film, which is like why like a film like Ellie Creates the Soul like blows my mind because it feels like a film that's been like storyboarded for like 10 years because everything is so specific and like the colors are like so specific the camera work the the movements the framing it's so like precise that the fact that it was filmed in four weeks just makes me want to fucking kill myself (laughs) so i'm never gonna make a movie that good what what was the pre-production do you know um i don't remember exactly um but uh anyway it's just like it's yeah. it's just such like a, a generally like good movie, I think. Just aesthetically yeah, I, I, and like I think that if you have any interest in sci fi whatsoever, you should check this out. Yeah. I, I only because... I only decided on watching this because I was like I was going through a, a phase of just adding stuff to my watch list and I was like, I really like the sci fi genre. I guess I should explore foreign film sci fi. And this mm-hmm. was like the number one thing on like a lot of lists, so I was like Sure, why not? And it was it. I think it lived up to its its reputation. Foreign sci-fi is always better, Nick. Stalker is the greatest sci-fi film of all time. Bro, nothing happens. Exactly. <laughs> That's why it's so good. People throw nuts and bolts at things. I. That is actually something that happens. That is true. Then a man. Then a man says, "These people don't appreciate me." <laughs> <laughs> and then the Dude, film ends. Stalker- <laughs> why is the stalker such a fucking drama queen man just get over it uh i love that movie um is there anything else that you want to add to world on a wire i don't think so um I'm sorry I'm, I'm just looking at my uh my list of All things good. um yeah we kind of talked about general use of mirrors but i i did you bring up the fact that like it felt like that was the way they'd portray an unreal world? I think you did, but like I might have touched upon it a little yeah, bit. I talked but... about how um, I, I like well, it, it looked at like it, it was kind of talking about. I, at least I interpreted it as like reflections of our own world. Yeah, you know? I just or yeah, like, things I not just, being quite as they seem. I love how many shots there were. Well, like even the table, which was glass, would like mirror him sometimes. Which oh yeah, was, like, yeah, yeah. Just, like, every shot had some kind of reflection in it, and it was just great. 
it's really beautiful and there's a couple of shots i know that i got tricked to thinking like yeah this reflection is actually oh this person sitting down is actually a reflection yeah. of that uh i know you're a soundtrack guy what did you think of the music oh it was so good i forgot to mention that um i don't really remember the music but there's certainly that weird like synth stuff yeah that happens that's, whenever that's like the main um, thing that i that i remember yeah and like whenever like still is like at the, at the maximum but, like yeah 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 Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Like every time, like he's like freaking out. There's like this really annoying like synth that yeah. plays in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it fit really really well. I like well. the I um the, I I think the main theme that's like just weird smooth jazz is also great. Mm. Yeah, it's it's out of place, but like you know you can bop to it. Oh, it's a bop. It's certainly a bop. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to add? No, I think I'm. I think I'm ready to move on to uh, personal stuff. Cool. All right. Um, so, what have you been uh, watching, reading, playing, listening to recently? Uh, well, um, I just finished uh, Close Enough on HBO Max with uh, my family. Um, it's a show by the creator of uh, Regular Show, but it's like slightly oh, cool. more adult. But, is it animated? Yeah, so it's it's eight episodes right now, and they're twenty two minutes each. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's just like it's fun to sit down and watch. I was a really big kind of regular show when I was a kid. I remember I would. Um, yeah, I, would I think you'll like, really uh, like this then. I would always I would I would always like uh, make sure I had the TV at like eight forty five or whenever <laughs> whatever time it like came yeah. on. Um, yeah, I like that. So I might, I might check that out. Yeah, it's just fun to watch. Um, I haven't watched them yet, but I'm probably going to be watching the uh, Bourne movies since I now have the opportunity. Nice. Because I've been um, really meaning to watch those. those. Yeah, I, I didn't like the second one so much, but the first and the third are really good. Yeah. Second one is... That that has Carl Urban in it, right? It's been so long, I don't remember. That's nah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, have I watched anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I, I've been laying low. We we just we kind of just recorded an episode, so I haven't had time to do much else between this one and that one. Oh yeah, for sure. World of World on a Wire took up a lot of my watch yeah. time. So uh, I think that's that's it for me. Do you wanna? What have sure. you been watching? So, um, movie, which is like this pretty cool streaming service that basically what it does is. Um, it only has 30 movies, but they're, like, curated by um, by the people running it. And every day they take off one film and add another one on. Um, and it's really cool because uh, at least a while ago it was free from for students. I'm not sure if it still is. If it is, definitely get it if you're a student. Um, the problem with it was that, I mean, it, you only had 30 movies and they would only be available for so often. So recently they added this um, feature called the library which um, they, basically, they basically added a bunch of their backlog to it. Um, and you're able to kind of like stream this like whenever you want. I hadn't heard about There's this. No like... Yeah, it's pretty new. I think it came out like maybe a month or two ago. Nice. Um, so I've been, I've been looking through that. And uh, there were some movies that I have not been able to find like anywhere else that I've been really meaning to watch. So the two that I watched there were um, Jia Zanki's uh, A Touch of Sin. Hmm. which i really really liked it's basically this um he's a chinese filmmaker probably the most prominent chinese auteur right now is it um, oh, you wouldn't say it's uh what's his face uh 
long day's journey into night guy well he's definitely not as famous as him mm. and also like he's he's, he's like a very new career although be gone be gone as my he's my man man he's be my gone. main man man god or however that you say his name. I don't so know good say so good dude i need to i need to see it again in 3d um, in theaters oh 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 bardia has a 3d blu-ray, blu-ray oh, player boys this and I might, is it i might <laughs> anyway time to relive um, heaven heaven the greatest film of all time the greatest film of the 21st century anyway um so a touch of sin was very very interesting basically it's a vignette film there's like four different Mm. stories um relating to uh like violence but it's kind of like not allegorical but representative of um uh like their like relationship and their struggles with their society nice so like the first one for example is um this guy who's like kind of fed up with like the corruption, but also kind of like a sketchy guy himself kind of gets mad and just like shoots everyone in his town. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's, it's really do. interesting. And um, I really appreciated the use of um, digital in this as opposed to film. Sean, um, Sean I mean, Baker's rolling in his grave. Exactly. Um, I mean, obviously like a lot of, like all modern films use digital, but I think that like he was able to use like the quirks of digital filmmaking really well in a way I hadn't seen before. So in a lot of like um, the scenes with the violence, there's like this kind of weird, like I don't know how to describe it, but like almost like digital um, like speed out, speed up a little bit hmm. whenever someone's like getting shot, for example. And it looks kind of like awkward and like digitally, but it works really well for the film and like, and like definitely like it's dirtier parts. So I really like that. That. that sounds good. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and I definitely want to see more stuff by him. I've been meaning to like forever. Um, the next film I saw, um, I saw two films by um, um, Sion Sono, the Japanese filmmaker. Yeah. Um, the first one I watched was um, Anti-Porno, which is one I've been wanting to watch for a while, which is which is one of the most whack films I've seen in a while. How does um, it compare to Visitor Q? Uh, well, Visitor Q is disturbing. <laughs> I mean, this is also disturbing, but not yeah. as disturbing. Um, I don't really even know how to describe it. So, like, this sexually like repressed artist. You compared it. You compared it to something in your review. Oh yeah, I compared it to last year at Marion Bad because, like, while there is like you, while you can make sense of it, unlike Marion Bad, it almost feels like high modernism because like it, there's like parts of it that are just complete like nonsense, almost. And it just hmm. feels like absolutely like nothing that makes sense is going on. Interesting. But at the same time, there is like some really interesting commentary on um, fame and this really like bad relationship to um, sex and a certain amount like sexual harassment uh, for uh, like artists and especially female artists and and actresses. And I think there's like some really interesting commentary there on um, on all of that. And I thought that was especially interesting coming from like a japanese filmmaker yeah um and i really i really liked it it's completely insane but also like a little bit genius and i and i'm really disappointed i can't say more about it because i legitimately don't know what to make of it <laughs> but it was just a fun time one of those so kinds of films those are always yeah, I definitely good films it. yeah 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 i definitely suggest it um and then i also watched a suicide club by him which is <laughs> <laughs> I don't even the, know. The man. reputation precedes itself for the most part. Um, I kind of loved it because it was just super whack and like 
there was 30 main characters and like one of them shoots himself in the head um and like i the first scene is 54 high school girls jumping into a train and then like dying instantly nice bro if your friends all oh, jumped in front of a train, great. would you? I mean, the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> I guess it's yes. Um, so apparently, um, Sono wanted to make like the ultimate film that every like Japanese audience member would hate. <laughs> and okay. I think he might have succeeded here um, a little bit. Because like, there is actually like some interesting things that it's doing with like, I mean, obviously like suicide rates in Japan and yeah. also like, early 21st century relationship to uh internet and everything like this and how this oh interesting is like related to like suicides and things like that but like there's like at the same time so much stuff in this movie but it's like 90 minutes so like it shouldn't work at all but it kind of does and like at the end it makes absolutely no sense and like nothing ever gets resolved but i kind of like that amazing about movies a little bit amazing so yeah i mean i'd recommend it it's um don't don't watch it if you don't like gore (laughs) there's a great there's a great scene where um this mom is just like i guess like chopping a carrot or something and then she like intentionally like cuts off all her fingers and her arm nice pretty cool i oh uh does color is that a is that like directly referenced in color out of space or or is that just like oh actually it's another instance of it happening i wouldn't be surprised if it is like another instance of it happening Mm. But, but that's what it uh, that's what it made me immediately think of. Yeah, um, but it, it I, I definitely would recommend Suicide Club. Yeah, yeah, uh, sounds good. Check it out. Um, so that's all I've been watching. I mean, obviously, World on the Wire took up a lot of yeah. uh, watching time. Um, but I've been also I started reading um, The Trial by Kafka. Nice. And I'm like I'm like halfway. I think um, I definitely like it. Although I think I prefer Kafka's short stories since um, they're a lot more like centered and focused and I don't have to be like, what the fuck am I reading for too long before (laughs) it's over? Yeah. Um, But to be honest, I actually think I prefer the uh, the Orson Welles film adaptation more than the book so far. Interesting. Because um, and it actually made this reading the book really made me appreciate the film much more because Kafka doesn't really have a lot of imagery in his films because the ambiguity is really important for a lot of his stuff. Like, for example, um, even though everyone thinks of metamorphosis as like the man who turned into like a cockroach or whatever, he never mentions cockroach or even I think insects. Um, the problem everyone the in reason the why original everyone thinks German of that, text in the original German, yeah. yeah. The, re- the reason why everyone thinks of that is because of a kind of like a bad translation. I didn't know and, like, that. <laughs> one of the, yeah, and one of the original um, English versions. So. Um, I think that Orson Welles did a really amazing job visually kind of showing these like crazy places that Kafka talks about kind of subtly, kind of not in, um, in the novel. Um, nice. And I really like the way that uh, Wells filmed everything, mm. um, but especially like the sets and the mise-en-scene was like really, really good in that. Mm. But the book itself um, I'm really enjoying. I love the sense of paranoia. Um, it gives that's really similar to, the kind of paranoia that you feel like in a that you feel in a dream. Yeah. Because the the book is about a guy who Yeah. Uh, get, do you know about it at all? Uh um so the book is about a guy who gets arrested except he doesn't actually go to jail and like apparently he's supposed to go to like court or something and like nothing really makes sense but like everyone's kind of like against him but he doesn't know why. And he's like absolutely no idea why he's arrested. 
Um, he's like he's arrested, but he can just like go out about, among his day, like doing whatever he wants. He still goes to work. It's super weird. I'm getting the stranger vibes from this. The stranger? Oh, like Camus? Yeah. At least oh. in plot. Mm. I don't know. It's that's uh, just me, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really like the stranger too. I read that recently. Yeah. Um, I uh, forgot to mention. Uh, oh, I'll let you finish first, but I'm done. I just I I, I liked it so far. Yeah. And I'm interesting. I'm interested to see where it goes next. Uh, so I um I forgot to mention I did start reading um Frank Miller's Daredevil Born Again, which is uh it's I haven't heard pretty good so far. It's um what the third season of Daredevil is based on. And it's when did he when did he do that? At nineties at some point. Let me let me see. Daredevil Born Again. Uh this was oh, eighty six, wow. Hmm. So like when he was actually good? Uh yeah, yeah. I think this was yeah, right around when he was doing like, you know, all his Batman and other books. Yeah, boy. I think, wait, Dark Knight Returns was 85, right? Or 84, maybe? Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, Dark Knight Returns. I know, I know it was, like, during Reagan. 86, era. yeah. 86. Okay, so same year. Weird. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Miller's just like, here's good content. And then years later said, here's not good content. Have you read, um, Dark Knight Returns yet? I still have not. <laughs> Bruh. Uh, if you'd lend it to me, I will definitely read it. I'll lend it to you. Don't worry. Easy. It's so good. Yeah. But uh, what do you think about this uh, Daredevil comic? Uh, so I mean, so far it's really good. Uh, it's it's about Matt. Like he he gets his identity revealed to uh, Kingpin, which is like obviously like big no no. But <laughs> uh, since I just started reading it, it's kind of like you know early okay so, so i, I don't know much there. about like what's happening so far so it's like yeah i don't know gotcha uh, really early i i, I think i read like the first few pages but i thought i'd mention nice. it anyway all right is yeah. that uh, uh is that it for you think yeah that's it uh so right. uh thank you for uh tuning in listening uh Thank you, thank you. For, uh, um, next episode, yeah. we we will be discussing two good art films. One of them being Alphaville, and the other one will either be Latino East or Band of, Band of Outsiders, depending on what I feel like watching more. All right. Cool. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Uh, signing off. Goodbye. <laughs>